0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Sliving with Sickle Cell podcast. My name is Barbara Biosa and I am a sickle cell warrior, CEO and fashion designer of luxury women's wear clothing brand Dumabai and founder of the Gideon's Treasure Foundation and I am your host today. From the Queen Paris Hilton, sliving means slaying and living your best life. We all deserve to do this. (laughs) I'm here to bring you all the fabulous tales, the struggles and the triumphs of living with sickle cell anemia and running a business with a disability. There has been many highs and many lows, but I think it's important to share your stories and journey. We will be discussing some important topics and inviting some amazing guest speakers to share their experiences and their journey. This podcast is dedicated to help spread awareness of sickle cell anemia. Uplift and build a community of ambitious people who may have a physical or emotional challenges that make being an entrepreneur or following your dreams that much harder today's episode we have a very special guest i'm so honored and excited to have musician and single cell warrior ali Dore, aka a star joining us today hey a star thank you for joining me today how are you doing
1: i'm good thank you how are you
0: i'm doing really well thank you So please start by telling us your background and your upbringing and your journey so far.
1: Sure. So I'm 34 years old. I'm Mm -hmm. from East London. Um, My background, uh, I'm of a Congolese descent. Mm -hmm. So uh, both my parents are from Congo and um, yeah, I grew up um, around East London and I have sickle cell anemia.
0: Okay. And what was your upbringing like? Like when were you diagnosed? Cause I know a lot of people with sickle cell, we're all basically born with it, but then sometimes mm. our diagnosis can be, I know mine was around four years old. So some, like, what was that experience growing up and like, you know, when were you diagnosed? How was the family dynamic?
1: Um, so I, I don't remember exactly diagnosis mm-hmm. age, but I, I remember five around five years mm-hmm. old being the youngest age of me having a crisis oh wow
2: um
1: and my mom has sickle cell and my dad had to oh, treat okay. but it's a conversation they didn't have you know in the 80s a lot of people yeah. have a conversation about genotype about sickle cell yeah um and all of that stuff so um my mom and dad weren't together when i grew up so i just grew oh. up in a household with my mom i wasn't mm-hmm. with my dad we still had a relationship with him yeah uh, but he didn't live in our household so uh, it was in a household where i had sickle cell so and my mm-hmm. mom had sickle cell so. oh
2: so wow
1: that that was a, a a a tough it was yeah it was tough we had some tough times
0: yeah i can imagine because a lot of times it is uh you know two parents with trait or and stuff like that so it's really interesting to see what that dy- dynamic is and. um I know like having sickle cell was already hard enough and then raising a child with sickle cell. So what mm. was that like in terms of, did you remember times where your mom had to go to hospital or what was,
1: what was that like? Yeah. So it was both. There was times where I visited my mum in hospital. Mm-hmm. There was times where she came to see me. Um, I recall a time where I was in hospital, mm-hmm. and my doctor told me that my mum was in hospital as well. Oh, no. So yeah. um, when I got a bit better, I had to leave my ward and go to another ward in hospital and see my mum. Wow! Um, so wow, that was that. Yeah, that was. That was a tough time, but Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how much it affected me too well. I grew up a bit and understood the dynamics of two people being in the household having sickle cell.
0: Definitely. And and props to your mom because, like, being a single mom already with a child that's healthy is already hard and challenging. And then to have sickle cell, and then also that, that's a huge. Yeah, that's very, that must have been a very difficult and how did you, how did that impact you with like how you manage your sickle cell now?
1: Um, it definitely made me wiser quicker. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I had to grow up very quick because mm-hmm. I had to make decisions about just not doing anything that I want because I had to think about my health so you mature very quickly with sickle cell because you're like right I can't just do what my friends are doing yeah I can't just go out just every every night or whatever it is or every day yeah I can't push myself as much when it comes to sports or or, you know playing football or whatever you like to do um so I've I've got to mature very quickly on that sense in regards to looking after my health
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um, and my well-being so that really helped me growing up in life you know
2: Yeah,
0: definitely. And I guess you can say there are some positive aspects of that because, you know, learning your your body, what triggers you, how to manage it as well can definitely help with that. And definitely the dynamic of like, I always say like with sickle cell, there's so much pressure, but especially with, you know, teenage years and growing up, we're not being able to play with your friends and do the other things. And then there's a huge kind of peer pressure in that sense. But then Mm. ultimately you just have to kind of, you know, You know your condition and you know your limits,
1: but still be able to do
0: stuff. So what were some of the major challenges that you faced?
1: Um, So definitely studies. Mm -hmm. Um, I was always in and out of hospital during school, during college, during university. So it was very difficult for me to complete some of my studies
2: mm-hmm.
1: due to it being in and out of hospital. And when I was younger, I used to, um, there was a treatment, um, there's a treatment, and medication called hydroxycarbamide. Yeah. When they started that, it was in, in, I started taking it when I was going to Belgium. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of family in Belgium. Oh, nice. Um, and I was going to have my appointments in Belgium and mm-hmm. they introduced hydroxycarbamide before it was introduced in the wow. NHS in the UK. Oh, so that's... I was having it from the age of about 9 years old, 10 mm-hmm. years old, I remember. Um, so I, I was, every three months I had to stop school to go to Belgium.
2: Wow. Um, oh, to get so, the treatment
0: to...
1: Yeah, to get, okay. to get treatment and to get new medicine and to have just normal updates um, and, 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 treat and checkups. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, It affected me a lot in school um, and just day-to-day life, I think. um, Wanting to be a normal young person, wanting to be a normal teenager, a normal young adult, unfortunately, there was a lot that I I couldn't do that I thought I could. Mm. You just want to live a normal life, you know? Um, But that wasn't the case. Um, At the age of 24, Mm -hmm. I started having a bit of pain in my hip, Oh. I wasn't sure what I was about. Yeah. And uh, it started affecting the way I put on my shoes, the way I, you know, get in the car, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So I uh, went for some scans and they told me at 24 that I had to get a hip replacement. Um, <sighs> so you can imagine yeah. 24 is still young, you know? Yes, yeah,
2: very so young. I
1: was, yeah. I was put on a waiting list and a few days after my 25th birthday, I was told to come in to have the procedure done. So at 25, I had a left hip replacement um God, yeah. yeah which which really really shook things up for me i, I had to stop playing football i had to stop oh, no. skating a lot of things that i loved doing yeah i had to stop because of the procedure that got done yeah
0: and that's very hard because like you said that's very young and especially when you're used to doing some activities and then not mm. being able to do it again and so right now um so you don't you're 34 so now you've had the hip replacement are you able to do some of the kind of fitness or workout stuff or was it still kind of limitations towards that
1: yeah there's a lot of limitations so running is quite difficult for me so Mm -hmm. i prefer to swim when i can um but uh, things like playing football i can't do i can't skate i used to love skating with my friends i can't do that anymore um just because obviously the the, the movement of the hip and it's it's good like i can go for a jog if i want to but i just gotta know my limits
0: yeah, definitely. And it's so interesting because I, I've been speaking to a lot of um other sickle cell warriors and they've had that um AVN and that it's, for me, it's very scary that even with like where we are now, there's still not something to prevent that from happening to patients with sickle cell. And that, mm-hmm. was that anything that you were able to speak with your consultants or they just kind of said like, this is just part of the complications and part of what happens with
1: Exactly, I think it was the it was the latter. Um, when it came to um, having what you call a vascular necrosis, what you mm-hmm. said, AVN, um, you know, this is caused by a lack of blood flow to a certain part of the body. So because yeah. of you know, sickle cell affects the red blood cells, and that's what usually carries oxygen around the body. Also, you know, carries to your bones and things yeah. like that. So when there's a lack of blood flow going to the hip bone, it starts to get stiff. There's not a lot of flow around it, so yeah. it starts to basically starts to kind of rot away. If if that if that's a harsh word for it, but yeah, yeah. so you can't really. You, there's nothing you can really prevent about about you know lack of blood flow going to somewhere in your body, yeah um, because that's just a natural part of sickle. So it does start to affect organs, organ damage. It affects part of your bones. Yeah. So I think that's just something that comes with it. And my doctors made me know that very clearly. Mm-hmm. There was no alternative. It's either I stay with the pain or I get a hip replacement, you know, and I'm happy I did get it because it, yeah. it did take away some of the pain. Um, But yeah, you know, it's um, I get to have the joys of um. Of um hearing um alarms go off when I go through airport security. All the oh.
2: Time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun! So, no. That's funny. Yeah. Wow! And then you just have to explain. I've had a hit replacement exactly. They're probably looking at you like, "Wow, you're so young! Like, really? Exactly. Like, exactly. are you sure you don't yeah. have?" <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's interesting. um And you mentioned um getting treatment in Belgium, and so you've been on the. Is it is it and hydroxycarbon? Are they they're the same? medication right yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so how has that affected you do you think that's been an, a positive impact with the management of your sickle cell or because I know there's a lot of controversial controversy around that like some people are yeah. like it's so it's bad and I got all these um side effects yeah. and other people it works really well with them for them
1: to be honest when I first started I hated it because the mm-hmm. tablets were so big yeah um, my mum used to Um, have to open them and put them in a drink or yogurt. I was quite young when I started having the tablets. But um, when it came to everyday life, the more I grew up and my body developed, the Mm -hmm. more I had to take. So I started off with one from the age age of about eight, nine years old or 10, Mm -hmm. I can't remember, around that time. And then when I was a teenager, I remember taking two. In my Mm -hmm. 20s, I remember taking three. In my late twenties, I remember mm. t- mid to late twenties. I remember taking four.
0: And this um, is it a day or a dose?
1: Four a day, four a okay. day. Yeah. No. And when I got married, I got married at the age of twenty eight
2: mm-hmm. or
1: twenty nine. Twenty nine. Oh. Yeah. Um, my doctors just when we got when I got engaged to my wife, my doctors mm-hmm. sat us down, and they said, um, "If you want to start trying for children, mm-hmm. we advise you to come off of." the hydroxyurea because it can affect the reproductive system, which I knew nothing about and was not told growing up. I wasn't told that at all. So I think sometimes that needs to be made clear, especially to young men and women growing up. Definitely, yeah. I think especially to young women who are in a position where they they know that they want to have children one day, um, to know that something can affect that, that you're taking, because it's a type of chemo. So – um, mm, you know, I, yeah. I, I was I was taken aback when I was told when I was told the news, but, cause, but I, I was I was quite upset inside. Yeah, from of cause, course. Like, all, all this time I didn't know, and if for any reason I couldn't have children because of that, there was no prevention or there was no warnings or anything like that. It was just you we were terrible, just told straight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's actually decided,
2: terrible. Yeah.
1: Yes, yeah, so I, I decided to come off it completely. Okay. Um, and okay. when I came, when I got married, I came off it, and I was having crisis back to back, nonstop, back to back, nonstop. Oh, and that's where they introduced me to the exchange transfusion program, and that's mm-hmm. what I do now. I get exchange transfusion every six weeks.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think that's that's good because it's the one where they just take out and then they put new. Fresh blood that can help with the flow, which is good. Yeah, because that's terrible. And you're right. That definitely should be told. Like, especially if you've been taking it for so long since you're a child, that could have actually prevented you from actually having kids that's a huge thing to to go through in life especially if that's your desire to have children and my mom has always kind of put me away from like that like the doctors were always trying to be like oh try hydroxy that they proper on it to the yeah. point that it almost it's kind of suspicious I'm like are you getting commission <laughs>
2: yeah, from getting exactly. co- yeah
0: because there's just some sort of like like, I don't go to hospital as much, and still, when I have my appointments, they're trying to, like, push me onto it, and I'm kind of just thinking, like, what is this box you're trying to tick, or why right, are you trying to get right. so many people on this? Hmm. So it kind of... And my mom has always just been against a lot of medication and stuff, because she she saw her um, my uncle has sickle cell, so she saw him how his condition was and she's just very been kind of against a lot of treatments and stuff even though sometimes we just need it like there's there's nothing we can do but mm-hmm. a lot of times this we need to research and they need to be like direct and honest with us especially with the hospitals mm-hmm. and it's so interesting with what you said about the belgian like having it before the NHS and stuff. Cause I did, I studied fashion in Paris for a few years. And I remember when I had my first crisis and I went to a hospital and they knew what sickle cell was like, and they had like a heated bed. I got taken in, I got really good treatment and I was yeah. so shocked. Cause I was, I was thinking like, they're not going to know about like, even though Paris is very diverse and there's a lot of like um Africans and people who live there, I still was kind of, you know, when you're just like in that mindset of like, how would they know about this and how yeah. would they know how to treat it? And I was so Present pleasantly surprised that they were actually quite, you know, good on it and like they yeah. actually knew what they were doing. And with Belgium, is it diverse? Is it? Would you say it's a, like a diverse city? Or
1: yeah, Belgium is very diverse. There's a huge black population there, especially people from okay. Congo, because uh, Congo yeah. is colonized by the Belgians. So yeah, um, the reason I know I used to go there a lot. is I have a lot of family members in Belgium in a lot of cities in Belgium. So I go to Brussels nearly every holiday. I'd go there oh, when, nice. I was, when I was yeah. young. Uh, So because of that, we got to know local hospitals. So even when I was five years old, the first crisis Mm -hmm. I remember having was in Belgium. Um, But I remember the treatment in Belgium and in Paris, because I went to Paris Mm -hmm. and had a crisis there. The treatment there is amazing for sickle cell yeah. patients and you're, like, the food is it's great like your, the treatment's good yeah they, they I was so shocked did. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> like straight in like they knew straight away and they were like I think it's called like uh, durapanocytose or yes, something
2: kind of does, yeah, yeah and then
0: the guy was trying to explain and I didn't know what that was in French so then he was like your bread blood cells are shaped like a croissant and I was like "Yes." <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like yes because I was kind of an. I got called into I went in like A&E but like 5am because I would wait until the pain gets really bad especially yeah. when you live alone you don't really want to call like ambulance and it was like five men that turned up to my yeah. small apartment but then when I finally went there it was kind of like they know what they're doing yeah, yeah, like yeah. just the shock of it and I was just like wow they actually like know what they're doing which is so good in the care was like I wasn't in just sitting in A&E in some yeah. chair in pain for hours yeah. I was in put in a bed there was like a heat bed yeah. like they had like the tests and everything and I was like okay like it's in, I, could,
1: gives, I could yeah it gives a um it gives a sickle cell patient so much more comfort and yeah m- and mental peace which which equals to physical peace when you yeah, know that doctors and nurses surgeons they know what they're doing that really yeah really
0: works. yeah definitely yeah. it makes a huge impact yeah. definitely um and so i know you mentioned brief about um your wife and getting married and your journey and now you do have a child
1: which yeah, is great i have, I have two, two girls two girls oh, one, amazing. one is one and one is two so Oh, yeah.
0: congratulations. I'm so happy. So Thank what you. was that like, um, in terms of like, like finding somebody who was understanding like your, your wife and then building a family together and like, like going through that process of like, you know, maybe getting checks, make, making yeah. sure she has, you know,
1: what was that like? Uh, so I'm a huge advocate for people speaking about sickle so around mm-hmm. first dates or meeting yeah. a partner for the first time. Um, I believe that on your first date if you have sickle cell or if you don't you should ask someone what their genotype is um, because oh, yeah. I, I believe that black people especially because mm-hmm. it affects mostly us should be yeah. having these conversations on first dates or mm-hmm. or when you find a potential partner you should be this. Yeah. Is, this should be an early conversation that you have because you would ask questions like, "What's your five-year plan?" You would ask questions like, "Yeah, you know, uh, you know, is there any history in your family of, of, I don't know, mental health or whatever?" Do you know what I'm saying these are mm-hmm, important yeah. questions to ask. So, yeah, genotype is as equally as important as the other questions, if not more important, because it does affect. Yeah,
0: definitely, it
1: does affect the next generation if you choose to have children. Um, yeah, so this was something that I had. Uh, very early in past relationships
2: mm-hmm. and when yeah. i met
1: my wife it was the same thing i spoke to her about sick, having sickle cell um mm-hmm. she was she wasn't taken aback because her uncle has sickle cell her mom's brother
2: oh okay so yeah
1: she knew oh, so, she, she okay. knew what it was she knows yeah. how it affects people so she wanted to continue the relationship after that and if she didn't yeah. i would understand because yeah. i never want anyone to kind of go through that pain of seeing their partner go through a crisis all the time i saw my mom yeah, go through it. my true. mom saw me go through it so i wouldn't want to put that kind of pressure on my partner so if she didn't if she didn't want to continue with the relationship then i completely un- i would have understood yeah but, um her being the wonderful woman that she is um she she said fine and we continued with our relationship mm-hmm. you know and that's good um I don't think it really... She really saw me in a crisis until we got married um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I was having a crisis at home. So she's there and she's seen me in crisis and the first few times yeah. she was just driven to tears. I think most of the time oh, she's driven to yeah. tears because it's like I'm, she's Like she feels helpless. She, well, she can't yeah. do much, but... All she can do is try and comfort me, call an ambulance, Mm -hmm. get my stuff, help me get my stuff ready and things like that. So it was tough, but um, we had that conversation and I asked her what her genotype was and she said Mm -hmm. AA, which is something I encourage encourage everyone with sickle cell to do. Have that conversation and please, in order to reduce um, the next generation um, having sickle cell basically, Please yeah, definitely. get with someone that has AA. Don't get with someone that has a train. Yeah. Especially if you're planning to have have children or get married and have children. Get with someone that has AA. Um and yeah. I went to the extent of believing my wife but also asking her to get tested so that I have yeah. proof. <laughs> so
0: And I think it's yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think it's so important because it's so funny i i never really cuz i knew the aa and the as and the ss thing but i never knew like the question of like what is your genotype mm. like and i and i think i've never really <laughs> this is terrible i've never really asked that question yeah. but i've kind of always been kind of honest with the sickle cell thing so mm-hmm. i think like I just assumed they would know if they had sick result, but it's true. Some people don't really know, like my sister and my brother. So for years, my mom said that they, they were both AA. And yeah. then solely recently, my sister was getting tests for something else. Like, and, and then she was like, I think she was feeling like anemic, like tired or something. Or I don't know. And then she did a blood test and they were like, or oh, whatever test it was, but then they saw that she was AS. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like, and you could have actually, you know, had children with someone without knowing and then had who had also as and had and so that's why it's so important because it's like as there's no symptoms you wouldn't know you're not really having crisis or anything and then next minute it's too late and that's what happens a lot you see a lot of people with sickle cell and it could it could be prevented especially like even though we're you know, we're thriving and we're doing well, you still wouldn't wish this on anybody, especially the times when you're having a crisis and stuff. So it's true. It's just, like you said, that it's so important to just ask that question. Even with like other races, I remember I was... A few years back I was dating like a Greek guy or something and then I was with my doctor we have like our yearly um hematology appointments and she was like oh what about dating and all this and I just said oh yeah like it wasn't as serious but I, I mentioned it because she's like and then she said oh you, you still have to get checked because Greek people have thalassemia, mm. and that could be a thing and so my mindset would be oh I don't even he doesn't need to be checked because he's not black or African but then that whole aspect of the Mediterranean thing is also like an issue so it's just like even with anybody and like I think before I just never really asked like I always it was it was weird because sometimes I don't get a lot of crisis but I try to tell people in the beginning so they're not shocked because mm. I've had so many situations where I've had a random crisis <laughs> somewhere and they're like what's what's going on so it's always good but I think now it's definitely like it like you said it's it's I have to say it in the beginning and tell yeah. people even like co-workers and stuff just to you know so they're not so they're aware of it
1: yeah I think it's yeah. crucial when when you have that conversation um, it could be with anyone. I know white people. Yeah. I know one white woman that has sickle cell. Um, oh, full blown wow. Sickle cell. So her, her, wow. both her parents had the trait. Um, and when someone two people have to trade there's a 25% mm-hmm. chance so one in four chance that your yeah, child yeah one in four have a uh, half sick or so and I know people that have been at one in four you know so yeah, yeah people with the trade as well I think it's it, it comes down to our parents didn't have that conversation unfortunately yeah um, and they needed to do you know bless our parents but they needed to be a a better job in them knowing our genotype if even if we didn't have yeah. sickle cell knowing our genotypes just so that they could let us know and i know a lot of people um like your sister that
2: mm-hmm.
1: found out later on in life that they have the trait yeah you know um because yeah. they did the, the test as well and a lot of them came to me that, like, can you believe like i didn't know um so this is yeah. this is very important Um, and i truly believe um and i've been having this conversation a lot recently that In the next five generations down, Mm
2: -hmm. there
1: could be a huge, huge, huge decrease in um, people with sickle cell. If we have that conversation and we raise awareness, my daughters have AS because I have SS and my wife is AA. If I discuss, which I will do, tell my daughters about what sickle cell is and to encourage them to get with, you know, if they, when they want to get married to for that person to be AA.
0: Yeah, definitely. There will be
1: less of chance for their child to have AS, to have the trait. Um, yeah. It would be impossible for them to have SS. Um, yeah, if, def- if their children marry someone with AA, then their children could have AA. Yeah. And then if you look at the next maybe three to four generations down, there could be a huge decrease in sickle cell. Yeah. And that's definitely. We raise awareness. And that's why the conversation needs yeah. to be had.
0: Because it can definitely be prevented if that happens. Yeah. Because, you know, and I think that's the the sad thing about not having so much visibility mm. and with sickle cell, because if it was something as known as asthma or something, everyone would every single person would be getting the test mm. will be, you know, would be when they have children and stuff like that. But because there's such a lack of visibility, it's like nobody even, I'm sure that some people don't even know what genotype yeah. is to <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. Awareness is key in this and it can actually make a, a huge difference mm. in the future generations. Like you said, um, so please tell me about your music career, um, you know, your rapper and grime artist and the journey to, you got there.
1: Um, so music was something that I was passionate about from young. I used to always mm-hmm. um, rap or sing in front of the mirror with like my comb in my hands <laughs> or my deodorant can, yeah. just pretending to be in front of a sea of fans. <laughs> um, but I grew up um, going to... Belgium and France a lot. And my older cousins used to mm-hmm. really be into hip hop, US hip hop and R and B and things like that. So yeah. I just gravitated to it straight away. So I really grew up in a culture of music. My dad's a musician. He plays like all sorts of instruments. Um, oh, nice. And he, you know, um, played a lot in church, um, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, when I became around four 13 14 in secondary school
2: mm-hmm. there was an
1: introduction of grime music where you know i'm from east london so i saw a lot of grime yeah. MCs that mm-hmm. were from my local area or from my borough um, and yeah. they when they rapped obviously it wasn't an american accent it was british and they, yeah. they, they wore what we wore <laughs> and they spoke about places mm-hmm. that we know about or buses that we know about yeah. and, and things like that. So I gravitated to grime quickly um, and I started mm-hmm. writing lyrics as well. Um, and, you know, it stuck. I, I realized I wasn't too bad at it and, you know, from the reaction of my friends around me. So I was, you know, my yeah. friends always encouraged me, oh, keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, and I just continued. Um, at the age of 19, I became a Christian. And I started sharing mm, my faith nice. and life in my music. Um, mm. And I continued. Um, and something that I didn't want to shy away from was not to just say, oh, I'm a Christian, everything is great. But what are some of the struggles yeah. I have in life where God is able to walk with me through that, um, and yeah, one of them, one of them is sickle cell. So I've always, always yeah. been open about having sickle cell in my music or going through some some sort of pain in my music. Yeah. Um, and you know, in 2019, I partnered with the NHS to release mm-hmm. uh, my single "Hidden Pain," um, which yeah. did well, and you know, was picked up by Channel Five News, uh, BBC Radio so one, one Extra uh the voice the newspaper, independent, metro, so many different platforms. Um until amazing, today the yeah. platforms are still picking up, which is which I'm very grateful for. So um yeah, that was um just uh one of the highlights of being able to share my mm-hmm. sequence, so my music. And I always knew I would do a yeah. song like Hidden Pain, but I didn't know how it would come come across. But when you know I was in the studio and listened to the song I was like this is the one. Mm-hmm. And I was able to yeah. to to release that the single. was very very dear to me.
0: And I love that. And I love how you use something you're passionate about mm. to, you know, um, s- as a platform to spread awareness. Mm. Because somebody listening to s- listening to that could actually like help them go through their struggle. Mm. Somebody who's like you into um grime music, rapping and stuff like that, and probably doesn't really see you know people talking about sickle cell or anything and then having that opportunity that's like so inspiring and impactful and I think also vice versa like having you know the hardships of your sickle cell and then finding a purpose through that Mm. because that's like how I feel like with my fashion I'm always kind of like you know it's vice vice versa. Like my fashion helped me in those times when I was in hospital Mm. and like, didn't really feel like there was a way out or like, Oh, is this my life? Am I just going to be like this sick child in hospital? But like having that passion and that excitement, you know, you know, helps you be like, "Ah, like I have something to live for. And so I feel like it really helps. Would you say like your passion for creating really kind of impacts your management of your sickle cell as well?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think, um, just everyday life because also I do youth work as a 9 to 5 so music is not mm-hmm. my full career so I'm able to yeah. focus on helping young people um and also mm-hmm. focusing on my family that just helps me get through day to day being yeah. a father being a husband mm-hmm. um seeing my, my daughters and you know grow up and um, be a father yeah. to them spend time with them it just helps me just get through the day every day just yeah. today's a new day Yes, I have pain in my legs or whatever it is, but I'm going to keep going, you know? Um, Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I'm I'm able to also push through when it comes to my art. Um, It's a huge therapy for me. It's a huge type Mm, of therapy to write my pain in my music, Um, even if I'm not talking about sickle cell, just whatever's on my heart. uh, Because of the frustration of the pain, I'm able to just put down my music Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Definitely, I love the word using therapy and how it can be used as a source of therapy because yeah. that's so good. That's so powerful. Because it's true, I think art in any form, whether it's writing, creating music, or something, is a form of therapy. Having that something that you're passionate about and that gives you a bit of excitement
2: yeah.
0: and a, and a, and in a sense of like an escape, yeah. which I I really. Yeah, I can really relate to and I think it's so powerful. You recently started a foundation called Kid in Pain Society. Or is that something that you're in the works of or you want to create? I'm in the works
1: of it. Uh, We're we're Mm -hmm. currently at the stage of um, finalizing branding. Um, So I'm huge Mm on branding. My branding needs to be, it needs to be. Professional. It needs to be correct, Mm -hmm. and I feel like when we're presenting such a serious topic, there needs to be seriousness behind Mm -hmm. it. So it's gonna it's gonna take some time. I understand that, Uh, Mm -hmm. but I'm 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 down for just taking as much time as possible to work on this brand um, and Mm -hmm. launch my charity this year. I'll definitely be launching it this year, um, officially. Uh, we're just working towards logistics, getting set up as a charity, mm-hmm. getting my trustees set up, um, know, yeah. knowing what my goal is to do. And and I yeah. simply want to do so many things, put on blood drives, uh, put on events mm-hmm. where I get celebrities and, and people of yeah. high stature mm-hmm. to come and donate blood. Also, I want to go yeah. into schools, oh, prisons, places yeah. of worship corporate organisations and do workshops on SQL Server which I have done already um, but I just want to make it official but this is what my charity is about and this is what we will be doing in the community.
0: Oh, I love that and it's so important and going to different places you never know where people are that Mm. need this that need the support that need that kind of community as well Mm. and that's the sad that's the thing I've noticed like even just you know, connecting with more warriors and people around the world is that a lot of us like in our schools or in our workplaces, I didn't really see much other people with sickle cell. It was more, yeah, I'm only kind of, seeing so many people on social media which is such a great platform that like you're connecting people from around the world from the same city who are, who have gone through similar things but like in the school situation and workplaces they, I was like literally the only mm-hmm. one and a lot of people say that's kind of isolating so I think that's so important like having you know a platform where you can reach people different places yeah. and you never know like they're seeking something they they've ne- they've not found anyone who they can relate to yeah. yet And then like having that opportunity to join a support group or a community Mm. or a foundation or something. So I think that's very impactful and helpful. Why do you think there is such a lack of visibility with um, sickle cell as opposed to like other conditions that that have this level of seriousness?
1: That's a a question that is interesting, but we speak about a lot, but we can't hide around the truth of it. Sickle cell affects mostly Mm -hmm. black people and people from ethnic backgrounds. Um, Because of that, the awareness is not as much as it needs to be. Whereas, and I tread lightly when I say this, issues, um, health issues like cancer, leukemia, uh, Mm -hmm. they are more widespread and affects a lot of people from different types of backgrounds. So the sickle cell yeah. by whose percentage is black backgrounds. Let's be honest. Yeah. So when it comes to yeah. focusing on the right treatment for it, focusing on the, the, the raising awareness for it, usually when you do see people raising awareness for sickle cell, it's people that have sickle cell. Yes. Yeah, you know, so not not many people are talking so, oh, about yeah. people that have relatives <laughs> or partners that have been affected by sickle cell
2: yeah Do you know what I'm saying?
1: But oh, when it comes to things yeah. like cancer research which is one of if not the biggest charity in the uk everyone is talking yes, about cancer
0: everyone
1: you don't have to that have is... someone that's been affected by it or anything like that you know
0: yeah, yeah. that is so true and such a good point that is like I haven't heard as much like in in the sense that yeah like people will rally and like do I think they do like sponsored yeah, walks and everyone will yes, jump on yes, it yeah. marathons and then like with sickle cell it literally is just people with sickle cell and that's really kind of sad because sometimes it can feel like a sense of like do people not mm. care like because it, it, you can see it different is is it because like you said and a lot of people and I can agree to this that it just affects people um black people so it's not like is is that the reason like a race reason or is it because that black people don't speak about it and then the community doesn't rally mm. around it and I and I and you can see it in so many different communities mm. like and I'll just put this in a business perspective you see like a Jewish person opens a business and all the Jewish community, right. they come and they buy from the community. Right. An Indian person opens a Chinese and then it all come around. And I just feel like sometimes with the black community, we don't mm. have that. Like someone could open up a shop and like they would still go and shop. with 100%. <laughs> Not everyone would rally around. Like having a business, I've experienced that. Like I'm like,
2: oh, OK, 100%. like
0: not as much support as like from the black community is, I thought, which should have, whereas opposed to, like, we're always jumping on other people's stuff, like they'll buy something from a celebrity or they'll jump on something from a celebrity. So I don't know if it's, like, a, an issue within yeah. our community or it's also a race issue or I think it's
1: both. I think yeah. it's an approach where, firstly, unfortunately, we're having to advocate for ourselves. Yeah. Um, and it comes down to things like... Not being believed in the hospital. Yeah, you know? being being called drug addicts because yeah. we need morphine because we're in so much pain that there's no painkiller that's able to 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 calm yeah. this pain down but morphine. So now we're being called drug addicts and we're being said we're being told you're not in that much pain or yeah. we can't see any blood or anything like that. So it can't be that serious. I've been told that before in hospital. I can't see any blood coming out of his body, so it can't be that serious.
0: Like, um, who is so, this person? They should be working at a hospital. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. If you saw how my wife flipped on this woman, that's another story. Um, but I, I think that, that it, we've, we, when it comes to that, we've unfortunately had to, as mm, sickle so patients, we've had to convince the world of our pain.
2: Yeah.
1: And this is what we're still doing. We're convincing the world of our pain. Yeah. This is how much pain we're going through because no one else gets to see that. With yeah. things like cancer you go through a type of chemo yeah and, and that type of chemo what happens you lose your hair yeah on your body you lose your eyebrows um you know you, you could possibly lose an incredible amount of weight yeah um, so it, it's very very much visible yeah people Sickle cell, so it's a hidden pain it's a hidden condition yeah. it's something people don't see i could be walking down the street all of a sudden i have a crisis. Someone's like, well, you look totally fine, but inside I'm dying. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, (laughs) that's the thing. But also, on the other hand, exactly what you said, the black community needs to do better when it comes to coming together and supporting each other because we don't do that enough and we need to do better.
0: Yeah. And that just makes it so hard to actually get the awareness that we need because... um, Yeah, it 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 needs to be other people, and I think it's I don't know. It's this weird kind of notion where people are kind of like, oh, like it has really I don't know anyone with it, or it has really nothing to do with me, so I don't need to advocate. But then they're they're okay to do it with like cancer and stuff. Yeah, it's, exactly. yeah, it needs to. It definitely needs to change, and that's why having these conversations and like kind of shoving it into random people's faces <laughs> or like got workplaces and stuff like that. It can really make a huge impact. Um, yeah. So what exciting projects are you currently working on right now?
1: At the moment, definitely my charity is number one. Mm-hmm. So launching my charity, Hidden Pain Society. Are you London based? Yeah. When I launch my charity, I'll let you know. hey, so that'd
0: be fun. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, so I'm working on... Launching my charity, mm-hmm. I really, really want to focus on that yeah. because we have. There's work for us to do. Yeah. There's work for us to do. We can't. We can't sit down and just be sulking about having sickle cell <laughs> all the time, even though it's, it, is, it is. tough. Yeah. It really is tough. I know people that have died. Yeah, you, know, you know. I yeah. know people personally i have buried four people oh, in the last my- two years. Oh
0: my god! No,
1: they have sickle cell. That's too so, much. That's too- yeah, uh, yeah, and and that is, is sad because it, as as someone who has sickle cell, you, you think, well, am I next? Yeah. How long do I have left?" And these were all young people, all the, uh, below the age of forty. Um, and you know, so one one of my friends um, died on his thirtieth birthday um, last <sighs> year. I'm
2: so sorry um, to hear that. Know,
1: and he had it's terrible. Yeah, and he had sickle cell, so. When, you, when I think about things like this, I'm uh, um, like, there's work for us to there, do. Yeah. We have to raise awareness. I want to die and know that I woke up some doctors or some people that didn't know about it and was a voice for our yes. generation of people who have sickle cell so that one day if my hidden pain video is played in um, a science lesson mm. in years to come yeah. then that is mission accomplished yeah. because God. young people watch that and say wow sickle song what is that yeah let's have a conversation so
2: true. And, you know
1: let's speak about our genotype and all of that stuff so yeah. there's work for us to do so the, the my charity is definitely a priority yeah i'm working on some more new music um, yeah. which i'll be releasing soon mm-hmm. um, and yeah so that's 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 kind of the plan for this year
0: and it's so important what you said. And I love the fact that you said with music and stuff, you're reaching um, a group of people that may not usually like find out about it, talk about it. So it's so true, like having those different avenues and reaching people that wouldn't mm. usually, because a lot of times it is just st- stuck within like a, a support group or community of people who know single mm. Cell. So yeah, definitely. And it is very... It's it's very sad. Like a lot of the people, and I'm so sorry for all the loss. Like you've had, because it's it's painful to see. Like you said, someone, a friend, someone you're close to, and then also they have a condition that you have. So it's almost like, mm. yeah, my next. Like what could I, mm. like you could have a crisis comes at any moment. So what what a lot of these caused by complications or
1: yeah, it was complications, and you know when people die with sickle cell when um, they have sickle cell it's mostly complications mm-hmm. where you're you know around covid times yeah um,
2: uh, people who yeah. had
1: sickle cell and had covid that was called an underlying issue yeah um i i call covid like early lockdown mm-hmm. it was like march april 2020 oh, wow. um where it was the the, the beginning, the, yeah. of the lockdowns in the uk yeah and i was close to death wow. you know if it wasn't for my sickle cell doctors i would have been left to die in the oh world i am telling you that from now um, because i had sickle cell my hematology, my hematology doctors came to see me came to treat me and all of that that's stuff. good so, yeah um a lot, a, a lot of people who are passing this because sickle cell is the underlying issue. It could h- cause heart issues. Yeah. Um, you know, when, um, it could cause, you know, if you have pneumonia. That,
2: yeah. You know,
1: a, a, a regular person could just get over easily. Someone that has sickle cell, it's pneumonia plus sickle yeah. cell. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's difficult. It's very, very difficult. Yeah. So, you know, you... you you, you never want to hear of someone passing in general but hearing someone passing from sickle cell that hits home and it's very personal
0: yeah definitely yeah it needs to change there needs to be something that is done because on top of that and then having the ill treatment in hospital it's just not right because of the lack of education um so what are your future goals just in general for life
1: uh, future goals is definitely to raise more awareness for sickle cell, mm-hmm. um, to just be a light in this world, man, just to, 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 for people to know, um, how they can help in our communities.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: obviously my passion lies in sickle cell. So definitely raising more awareness for that. Um, putting on events, um, creating opportunities for people with sickle cell to be helped. So yeah, through my charity, um, I haven't told anyone this, but I want to provide counselling for sickle cell patients. Mm, that's good, where yeah. it's a more in-depth type of counselling, not just a yeah. regular NHS counselling where they have not much experience or clue on what sickle cell yeah. is, but counselling with counsellors that have maybe done a course on sickle cell,
2: Yeah. and
1: they know how, how it affects the person physically and how it can yeah. affect them mentally. Because sickle cell affects your mental health as well. Yeah. It's not just your physical it really does it affects your mental health. So, um, you know, I think I, I, I want to really work on that um, and just be a light, a light in our community, encourage people to talk about their genotype yeah. uh, and just be in continue to wherever whoever would give me a platform to speak about sickle cell yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: no and it's so good and um everything you're doing is so amazing and powerful and i'm so excited to be connected with you and see all the incredible things you're going to continue to do um thank you so much for joining me and sharing your incredible journey please could you share where we can follow you so your, your instagram page where we can get your music everything
1: sure so my instagram um, and social media handles is a star music uk Mm -hmm. Um, you can also follow me on hidden pain society on instagram and we will be launching very soon so please Mm -hmm. stay locked and thank you so much for having me barbara it was great speaking with you
0: yay thank you take care Mm -hmm. thank you bye bye i hope you enjoyed today's episode and i hope you will continue this journey with me we will be discussing a lot of important topics and we'll have some incredible guest speakers joining to share their experiences. Please subscribe and like our Instagram pages, Atelier underscore Dubai and Gideon's underscore Treasure. Feel free to leave a comment, ask a question. And if you would like to be a guest speaker and share your story, please send me an email. Details in the episode description.
2: Love you and God bless.